Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, transparently speaking. So before we get started today, I just wanted to take a moment to ask our listeners, if you have a moment to please rate and review our podcast, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please just take a second and that helps us reach more listeners and help more people. Today, Diana, we were talking about siblings and our experience through the transition process and how we navigate the space. You know, talking to so many families, I think there are a lot of questions that we can address in our own experience here. First off, like, how do we tell the siblings about a transition? Who do we tell? How do we address teasing and other things that may occur within siblings? You've got a story currently that you were just mentioning happen. Maybe we even want to start there. Clark is the oldest of four. And then there's Grayson, who is two years younger. So when Clark transitioned at seven, Grayson was five and aware of what was going on. And then our third child is Bruce, who is three and a half years younger than Grayson. So five and a half younger than Clark. He was not quite two when Clark transitioned. And then Dinah is almost 10 years younger than Clark. So wasn't even born at the time of his transition. So all that to say, Bruce and Dinah never knew about Clark's transition. And it wasn't like a secret we tried to keep. It was just, it's maybe hard for some families to realize, but it's not something we talked about all the time. Like we usually talked about how was school and the usual topics. So it didn't typically come up. And we asked Clark his feelings as Bruce got older and had some awareness of whether or not we should share with him. And the answer, the decision we made as a family was no, because Bruce has some neurodiversity and he processes things by repeating them over and over again. So our concern is if we shared it with him at that, the first point in which we considered it, which I think was when Bruce was about seven, we were worried about being brought up over and over again. And that's right around the time we moved. So Clark was non-disclosed. And we just move forward in our lives. Bruce doesn't do that so much anymore. He doesn't process out loud anymore. And he's getting to the age now where if you say this is something we keep among us, that he's pretty good about it. Actually, he's really good about it. The one exception is if he gets really angry, (laughs) then sometimes all rules are out the window. So that's the one concern about him. So Clark had decided we can tell Bruce around the time he gets middle school because he felt that's an age where there's a greater social awareness, a greater understanding, and obviously we'd see how it goes. But Bruce is not in middle school, and he was looking through a journal that we keep. We celebrate Hanukkah, and we have eight questions, one for each night, and I've kept this journal for years, and we ask the questions, and I write down exactly what the kids say. Bruce was looking through it this Hanukkah season and went back and the first two years of it is before Clark transitioned. So it had Clark's birth name or dead name in there. And so Bruce came up to Arthur, my husband and I, and said, why is Clark's name not in here? Why is there another name 
for Clark in here because he had heard me read those answers. So he knew the dead name there was Clark because there's some funny answers. there. So he said, you know, that's a great question. We're so glad you came to us and asked, just give us one second. <laughs> I ran up to Clark who was in his room and said, Hey, this is what's going on. It's time to tell, you know, unless you have some other idea of what we're going to say, but I think he's ready. So Clark agreed and we asked him to come down and be there too. He did not want to at first. And I told him, I won't make you, but I think it would be better if you are. So he came down and we said, you're right. There's a different name. And we asked Bruce, what do you think? Why do you think there's a different name for Clark there? And he said, I think Clark is transgender. Mm. And I said, that is correct. It is something that we haven't told you because Clark doesn't want anyone to know. And it's not that he's, that we're not proud or that it's, you know, anything of shame. He just, that's his choice. And he just want people to know. So you're now in on this and Diana doesn't know. And we like to keep it that way. And how do you feel about that? And keeping that to yourself. So even if the topic of transgender individuals comes up in school, you do not get to mention that Clark is one of them. He was like, I'm good. And I felt good. And I think Clark was nervous to be there. And I was like, do you have anything to add? He's like, no. And I said, Bruce, do you have any questions? No. And <laughs> yeah, that was that. And I think it was good for Clark, who doesn't like to talk about this, has never really had to experience this, to kind of be there and see that and see how it was so uneventful. <laughs> so it, yeah, it was just like, yeah, okay, we're all good. No questions. All right. Goodbye. Oh, that's fantastic. If only it could all be uneventful. <laughs> right. Well, I'm curious about how the messaging and situation went with Grayson in the midst of the transition, given that he's only two years younger than Clark. So with Grayson, you know, that was eight years ago. I don't remember exactly how we started the conversation, but I remember some of the conversations we had, if that makes sense. So I remember talking to him and saying, you know, Clark is a boy and he wants to be called he, him, his. And Grace was a little upset at first. It's like, well, why? <laughs> it's like, because he's a boy. He let us know he's a boy and that's what he wants. And it's like, fine. But somebody pointed out to us that at the time, Grayson was the middle child. So he wasn't the oldest. He wasn't the youngest. But somebody said, but he is the oldest boy. Or so we thought. And so with Clark's transition, that identity was taken away. Mm. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, it's all people's thoughts, but there definitely was resistance there. And so I remember saying to Grayson, I'm like, what pronouns do you want us to use for you? And he's like, he, him. I say, like, okay. And that's what we do. How would it feel if we said, no, I don't want to, we're going to call you she, her, hers. He's like, I wouldn't like that. I go, well, that's how Clark feels. So then we were fine with that. The next issue was with hair. As we mentioned, our hair episode, he got really angry when Clark cut his hair. And the issue was he was afraid that this new brother wouldn't play with him the way his sister did. And once Clark said, no, I'll play with you just the same. I love you. All was well with the world. And that's been that. That's the, like, there really hasn't been any discussion. And I would say that Grayson was the biggest defender of Clark, especially at the beginning. Anytime people missed pronouns or names, he would be the first one to correct. 
you know, my mother was resistant at first. And the first time we saw her repeatedly, my mom used the wrong name, the wrong pronoun until the five-year-old Grayson goes, grandma, it's Clark. And he's a boy. Cheech. <laughs> That's so fantastic. So he said the thing that the rest of us couldn't <laughs> like enough already. <laughs> So in general, it sounds like this supporting Clark through transition and navigating the space with his siblings was pretty uneventful is really kind of what I'm taking from that. Absolutely. And I would say that, you know, Grayson is definitely more outspoken than Clark. And so even to this day, I've found out that Grayson's the one he's in middle school now. And Anytime the PE teacher let me know that he used to say, you know, boys line up here, girls line up there, that Grayson would raise his hand and say, well, what about non-binary students <laughs> to the to the point? I'm like, yes, to the point that the PE teacher now said people identify girls here, people identify boys here. If you don't identify as either one, whatever feels best to you. Choose yeah. One. Yeah, I love that. You know, that's Grayson and he's created some awareness. And like I said, he's been the biggest protector. That's fantastic. When you gave that example, I wanted to share, pretty sure we shared this in a previous episode, that one of the things I found super helpful, I didn't even realize it at the time, but one of the ways our elementary school supported us in the transition was Samantha's kindergarten and first grade teacher consciously made a choice to stop using the phrase of, okay, boys and girls. And she changed to, okay, friends or okay, students. And when she needed to divide them up, she found other ways to divide them up instead of by gender. So she would talk about, okay, you know, those of you wearing dark colors, blues and greens and blacks over here and those with other colors over here. And she would get really creative about that. And I remember not even knowing she did that until we were doing a presentation kind of for the years moving forward um, to support other teachers and supporting us where she shared that was a technique that she used. And I was so thankful that she shared that and she had come up with that approach. And so just another idea to support other parents or making a request about how that might show up for you and your child in the school environment or elsewhere. The only other thing I would add to the portion about the siblings is that even though Grayson is a great supporter, he is a hothead too. <laughs> and I mean that with the most love and is a um, genetically hothead too, that passed that down to him. I had made it very clear from the beginning that I understood there's teasing between siblings, but gender identity was off limits to all siblings. We do not make jokes about gender. We do not refer to females as the weaker role. We do not threaten to out our loved ones. And I always generalize it. I like, just like, you know, certain members of the family see therapists and have their own diagnoses. Um, of different, you know, neurodiversity for one, as I've mentioned, then we don't share that either. Like the house, I said, has to be a safe place where people feel like they can be themselves. So in order for it to be a safe place, what is private to us, what is our information must stay here and we will not tolerate otherwise. Like we will create heavy consequences because that's how much we believe in this. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's really helpful for our listeners. And I have a story kind of along those lines of how a consequence showed up for us in the midst of <laughs> our family. Because you have twins. So how did that go? 
So um, Samantha, we supported her to transition very late in her fifth year. So right before she was turning six, which meant that her twin Bobby was the same age and their younger sibling Jackson was just about three, like I just turned three. So this concept of Samantha and Bobby being twins was this, oh my gosh, how do we, how do we make sure Bobby knows he can't talk about this? Because we're talking about this a lot in the household. We've just gone through this transition, supported her with doing that. We're all practicing using her new name. We still get mixed up with both that and the pronouns. And so we're constantly having conversations about Samantha and all of our kind of journey in supporting her. And so the next thing we know, we're talking about and getting prepared for school, for kindergarten, their first year at school, and having a conversation with Bobby about it being important. He doesn't talk about all this stuff with anybody at school. And so that was really important to us that it was her story to tell. We wanted him to respect her privacy. And we had no idea whether or not he understood that. (laughs) So the story is this, we get a call from the elementary school. And apparently Bobby had been out on recess talking about parts. I don't know exactly what was said. And neither does, you know, the teacher, but there have been some conversation about parts. And it's very likely, I would guess, that Bobby was using language that we were using. Something like, well, most boys have a penis, but not all boys have a penis. Or most girls have a vulva or a vagina, but not all girls have a vulva or vagina. Right. And Bobby very likely might have said, Samantha has this or doesn't have this or something Uh. like that. We will never know. Okay. But we get the message from the school that says, Hey, this happened again. We don't know all the details. And so Hugh and I, um, when he came home, had a conversation and established this was a really important thing we wanted to set expectations about. So at dinner, we talked with Bobby about how he shared a portion of his sister's story. And by doing that, he kind of broke that family trust, which kind of puts her on the outside and that that's not okay. To help you understand, Bobby, this is so important. And the rules we're going to have is we're going to have you sit separate from our family during dinner. Okay. So you can get a feeling of what it's like to be on the outside, to not be part of our family. So we didn't eat with him. We had put him in another room while the rest of us ate dinner as normal as a family. And the reality was he thought he still wasn't quite getting it. It didn't quite make the impact that we were hoping for. Mm -hmm. And so next after dinner, we sat down and watched a movie. Bobby, of course, wanted to come on in and join the movie. And we said, no, you're still not kind of part of the family. We don't think that, that you've regained trust here. It doesn't seem like you understand the importance of this. And I think soon after that, Bobby was in tears, really upset, obviously starting to understand the magnitude of what's important here and apologized. Not sure he, again, understand exactly what he's apologizing for, but the point was we're trying to create the safe space, allowing his sister to own this story and that it's not his place to be able to say anything about that story. So that was our experience of consequences and kind of choosing to put Bobby on the outside. Right to help him understand maybe a bit about, you know, what it could be like for Samantha. Right. Cause you said that you said you're not part of the family yet, but I think what you meant is that we still want you to experience what it's like to be on the outside. Not that 
he wasn't part of the family. Do I have that correct? Yeah. I mean, again, trying to imagine the member, what happened in the moment we might've, you know, we might've pushed the boundaries and really, you know, use language. Like if that's the behavior you're going to exhibit, you're not going to be part of our family. Like we might've actually made it a threat like that. And we probably did at the time we were pretty like riled up about this and wanted to make sure there was an impact. And so we probably said, Hey, if that's the behavior that's going to be exhibited, you can't be part of our family because that's breaking this trust. And we all need to have this kind of circle of trust within the family. So you're outside the circle of trust. (laughs) We'll have to figure out what's needed to get you back in. And so a really important message was simply respecting Samantha's privacy in that space. It's nobody but her story to tell Mm -hmm. if and when she chooses to tell it. So it was this concept of you don't get to say anything about it, Bobby. It's not anything for you to talk about or mention or anything else. And we even kind of did some like role playing about like if a question comes up at school, how you might handle it and things like that. Yeah, that's so true. Before we moved to a place where Clark was non-disclosed, we had to talk about how to handle. And, and and it came up for Grayson a few times where like Clark used to be a girl. You know, they'd say that to Grayson. I think his answer he would tell was usually like, no, he wasn't. Never been. Which is true. We always said like he's never been a girl. But the one thing I that I often hear from families that we're not hearing in our stories and and maybe we can talk about why, is that many families with siblings feel sympathetic or empathetic to the sibling of the change and how challenging it is. And and they have to be given grace and room because they're processing this change. So they're kind of allowing misgendering, dead naming, so using the name that they were given at birth, kind of letting the child who is of trans experience feel the discomfort and say, well, we have to give them time. We have to give them space. And I can speak for me that I I didn't have enough experience with families to know that as an option, (laughs) but at that time, but I think um, for me, I didn't take that route because we did leave room for Grayson to be uncomfortable. Uh, We did say, you know, yes, this is a change. And, and like I mentioned earlier, let's generalize it. Would we do the same thing for you? And yes, we do. We use the pronouns you want. We call you a boy because that's who you are. You know, that's who you tell us who you are. We acknowledge the feelings, I think, but also set the standards of, but these are the actions we expect. So I don't know if you want to speak to that. I think that that's really fair. I think we, as I mentioned, like those first few months was a journey for all of us. I mean, right. I'm sure we all made mistakes. Sure. And so we kind of acknowledged and recognize that. And the distinction we made was, honestly, it was a judgment call of when we felt it was being consciously done hurtfully versus it being an honest mistake. And that's such a great point too. Yes. I'm not talking about mistakes, but I'm talking intentionally, intentionally not using the name or the pronouns. And I feel like when you're on this journey long enough, you get a good sense of the difference. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, I think that that is a really good point because that was, we did not allow for that, you know, or that there was a consequence when that happened, right? It was coming down hard and reminding them why it was important and how that is not an acceptable space to be, you know, teasing or making fun of, or, you know, trying to get under the skin um, that as siblings, as you mentioned, like there's plenty of other spaces, like things right. or topics or things they can do. Like this is just not an acceptable space to, <laughs> to, to use as a poker. <laughs> right. And we say in our family, any identity, 
mm-hmm. any identity. So as I mentioned, like I have children that are neurodiverse, that is not an identity they're allowed to tease about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Diana, I think this was fantastic that we can both share our family stories of how siblings, how we supported our kids on their own journey to understand their transgender siblings experience and use language around that, that shows up in a supportive way for everyone. Right. Right. And I hope our listeners understand there's not one way to do this, but we want to share our way to do it and just give some food for thought that whatever decision you make that, you know, give you some things to consider. Awesome. Thanks much. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.